55 years ago, I went through a thing with this woman who manipulated me into asking her to marry me. Yeah, March 1st, 1967, Sherry proved her abilities very dramatically, and, uh, and I did. No, it was 67, it was 68, that's right. 67 is when I met her, yeah. That uh, was about 90 days after I met her, and uh, she used my emotional vulnerability to manipulate me to ask her to marry her. And uh, I thought, hmm. And then uh, I uh, thought, well, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then on March 22nd, 1968, at her church, of course, I stood in front of her pastor who looked at me and said, Gary, will you love, honor, and obey Sherry? And I said, I will. Sherry said, thank you. He said, amen. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> the manipulation is true. The vows were a little more than that. I, but Simon asked me to talk about uh, submission. And when I think of the various emotion-laden words in our society today, you know, if I say the word Donald Trump, there's always an emotional reaction. It'll vary depending on, you know, what party you're a part of, but everybody has an emotional reaction to the name Donald Trump. Uh, submit is the S word, right? Well, look at it here. Uh, here we go. I, who's told to submit here? No. Oh, submit to one another. So everybody has to submit. Wahoo! Let me tell you what to do. <laughs> this is saying an attitude that's true in all of our lives as Christians is to be submissive people. That's where we begin. That is a virtue for everybody. And see, the thing of it is, when you sign up for Jesus Christ, he was walking along the seashore one day and saw a couple guys by the side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, I do this thing. I ask you questions, you answer. You understand that? Yeah. What were those guys doing there on the side of the Sea of Galilee? They were fishing and mending their nets. What did he say to them? He said, Leave your nets and follow me. A little later, he told them, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. When you sign up for the Jesus gig, you sign up for an amazing, amazing adventure. But the heart of it is this, to be submissive. And that first song we sang, I've never heard it before. Is that something you guys wrote? That first song we did today? I've never heard that one before. Have you heard it before? So you have. It's really good. But that, that was a song about submission. It's a beautiful song about submission. That's what we're talking about. We begin with that submissive attitude. Now, in this passage, 
Who has been told to submit in, in verse 22? Uh-huh. What does that make me feel as a husband? Ooh, yeah. Submit, woman. Yeah. Yeah. That has become a joke at our house. You know, I look at her and say, submit, woman. And you say, yes, dear, with a tone that says, in your dreams, stupid. <laughs> but that's a command. Now, the thing that's interesting is if you look at this in the Greek, next slide, the word submit is not there. It's submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. That's the reason for it. Wives, but the word submit is not there. And I read people who say, well, this isn't actually telling wives to submit. But you see what happens in Greek is obvious verbs, they just leave out. It's a stylistic thing. And you can't read it without that. Wives, mm, to your own husbands, there's got to be something there. And I do a lot of premarital counseling, a lot of marital counseling in the pastoral side of my life. And the hardest thing I find is the S word. Because that word, well, what does it mean in English? What does a S word mean in English? If I say submit, what does that mean that you do? Give. What else? Obey. Mm -hmm. What else? Follow. Mm -hmm. Sorry? Surrender. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and that's the idea. And we are a place where Americans are... Well, what was the original flag of the United States of America before the Stars and Stripes? Any history buffs in here? What? Loud. What was the original flag? The original flag had not an eagle, but a snake, a rattlesnake, and it said, don't tread on me. And see, that's the original idea of the United States of America, is we're going to do our own thing. And that ethos is very much a part of our American culture, is we'll do it our own way. We're very individualistic, we're not community-oriented, especially out here on the West Coast. That's what it is. But if you take submit out there, it, something's got to go in there. Submit to your husbands, wives to your own husbands, you do the Lord for the husbands ahead of the wife. Uh, hmm. Okay. That's, uh, when I do marital counseling, that's the hard thing. Because typically I'm talking to people where the marriage is troubled and the wife doesn't want to submit to a guy that she doesn't trust. Okay, next slide. This is for Simon. Uh, that it's not Ephesians 5, that's Hebrews chapter 13. Have confidence your leaders and do what? To him. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be a benefit to you. This is actually God's word for us. I, I've been uh, an elder in different churches. I've been, I'm at Grace Community Church out in Gresham, and I've been an elder out there for 25 years, and I'm a part of the team 
that guides and guards the life and teaching of the church. And this is, what is this saying to me as an elder? What is this saying to me as an elder? I'm accountable to God. Eek. That takes it pretty seriously. But the people of grace, this says, are to submit to us, the elders. And this can be in a very abusive verse, as the prior one can be. Because there are people, Bill Gothard is best known, if you know his name, where he puts up a chain of authority. God, Christ, husband, wife, children. Wife is kind of on the side. But then it's pastors, God, pastors, leaders. And it's been a chain of, it's been a place for serious abuse. And that's why the S word is so problem a word. Look again here, next verse. Who does this say to submit to? This is submit to a particular who? Mm -hmm. Submit to every human authority, whether the emperor as a supreme authority. Now, there's more verse there. But this is particularly talking about governmental authority, 1 Peter chapter 2. What happened here in Portland about three years ago that made us famous around the world? What happened? Yeah, mostly peaceful protests. As many people of Portland took to the streets of Portland to say, not my president. Oops. <laughs> See, this is what it's saying. It's saying to us as Christians, seems to be, this is not, this is not for everybody, but this is for Christians, submit to human authority. And he goes on, show proper respect to everyone. Now, in a classed society, to say, show proper respect to everyone, honor everyone, is ridiculous because you never show honor down, you only show honor up. But this goes on, show proper respect to everyone, and that's, that would be for the person on the top of the class society to honor the one at the bottom of the class society. Again, that's part of that whole thing. Love the family of believers, fear God, and what? I could ask how many are Republicans in here today, but I may not do that. How many honor, I could ask, if I did that and you had some good MAGA people in here, I would say, do you honor Joe Biden? And probably the answer would be, not on your life. Or let's go back a few years and we've got some, what we now call woke folk. What's your attitude, I'm big, a little silly here. What would be your attitude toward the president in 2019? Not my president. See, this is giving us a different perspective. It's saying, honor the emperor. Now, when Peter wrote this, the emperor is a guy named what? Do you know? Nero. Nero. One of the most famous bad guys in all of history. 
he was well known for lighting his party with the burning bodies of Christians. He was a man who lit his parties with burning bodies of Christians. And Peter says to Christians, honor the emperor. Well, keep going here. Next passage. So this is back to 1 Peter. Submit yourself to the Lord's stake for every human authority. Then he says this. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourself to your masters, not only those who are good and considerate, but those who are harsh. Now, slavery is not a part of our society in the same way it was in ancient Rome. But he's specifically saying, submit to harsh masters as a slave. In the ancient Roman Empire, slave owners had full control over their slaves. Now, it wasn't chattel slavery. It wasn't the kind of slavery we had in, in the South back in prior to the Civil War. They were not bought and sold. But in the household, the master had absolute authority. And if a master killed a slave, there was no that was his right to do that. Now, you don't kill valuable slaves, but be submissive. And then the next one is, oops, no, go back, go back, one more. There you go. There you go. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. So Peter is echoing what was said back in Ephesians chapter 5. It says in Colossians chapter 3. So there's specific kinds of things. And see, this is this attitude of submission to different kinds of people. But the picture in Christian is for everybody to have a submissive attitude in the common fellowship, but also beyond that to slave masters and to emperors like Nero. That's the attitude that's there. Boy, that likes we're going to get dumped on. Okay, let's keep reading. Next passage. Go back one. Go back. Go back one. Submit yourself to slaves to masters, wives submit to husbands. Okay, next slide. The same Peter who said submit to the emperor is told by the Jewish officials in Jerusalem, stop preaching Jesus. And what did Peter say? There is a limit to submission. There's a limit to submission. This is the same man who said, honor the emperor, submit to all governing authorities. He said, we must obey God rather than man. And see, so when it comes up to saying, I cannot declare, I can't preach Jesus, I can't tell that he's Messiah, I will not submit to you. But I think even there, there's a submissive attitude that says, I want to serve you, but at this point I can't. But there's a limit to submission. Okay, next slide. This is Paul, Romans 13. This verse has been thrown around a lot. When I was, well, when we got married, and shortly after, Vietnam War was going on, 
who was the crowd who said, hell no, we won't go in the Vietnam War era? Well, that tend to be the more liberal Democrat folk. Hell no, we won't go. Who's it today who's saying, hell no, we won't go? Ironically, it's the Republican folk. So it's kind of an equal opportunity thing. But here's the thing. He says, let everyone be subject to government authority. There is no authority except what God has established. Verse 2, consequently, who are rebels against authority, rebelling against what God has instituted, those will bring judgment on themselves. So if you read what Paul is saying here, whatever the government tells you to do, you must do it. Now, we had a little controversy a while back. You probably didn't get into it. Something about wearing masks. And did, and did, you, did you guys? You didn't have any trouble with this, did you? Because you're all submissive around here. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a big issue at our church. And we've got churches in Portland that said, we will not mask, we will not close. And these churches, at our church, what we did, and it was a big hoorah, is we said, we do not see wearing masks as a gospel issue. So we will wear masks when we're together in the church. Now, I personally thought masks were a waste of time. I know how big viruses are and how quickly they go through masks and that kind of stuff. But if you were with me in that era, I was wearing a mask consistently because of this. Even though I thought it was a waste of time and I really like to see people's faces. But I said, okay, I'll do this out of this attitude. We had other people say, I'll never, never, ever disguise myself. I will be myself. I will not wear a mask. And they refused. Now, that's the kind of thing. Is this a gospel issue to wear a mask? See, I don't think so. Others thought it was. And this is the kind of... But see, this is Paul saying this. Now, next slide. This is after Paul got imprisoned, where the Philippian jailer got saved, because the earthquake came, and these guys didn't run away. And he, you know, serves what must do to be saved, and said... Receive Jesus, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved you're in your household. Then a little bit later, when it was daylight, the magistrates sent the officers to the jailer with the order to release these men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered you and Silas to be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. Is this a legitimate order from governing authorities? Say yes. It's the magistrates are saying, okay, you're released, go. What does Paul say? They beat us public without a trial, even though we're Roman citizens and threw us into prison, and now they want us to get rid of us quietly? No way. Let them come themselves and escort us out. Is he being submissive? Ponder this one while you're doing your dinner downstairs. See, they have mistreated him, and he's actually calling them to do their job well. He's actually calling them to do their job well. 
And it seems to me this is a submissive attitude, but not obviously so. Because he said, get out of town, don't bother us. He said, wait a minute, you have not done your job well. And he's actually telling them, probably with an edge, to get down here and do your job well. And they do. Part of it because he's a Roman citizen, they're afraid they're going to get crunched. But see, this submissive attitude is helping somebody else do their job well, seems to me. But he stopped. They don't leave town. So there's always limits to submission. Next slide. Who's this about? Who's this about? Jesus. Good guy or bad guy? Yeah, good guy. Mm -hmm. In the days of Jesus on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him death. And he was heard because of his what? Reverent submission. This is our Lord modeling, and we know what this means. This is when he's going to be arrested by the high priest soldiers, turned over to Jewish turned over to Roman authorities, he's going to be beaten. He's going to be in this, although the same Roman authorities say, I find no fault in this man, he's going to be beaten and crucified. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This is a pattern for our life. Now, we're not done yet, but this is a pattern for our life. If we embrace suffering, we learn things from it. Okay, one more. Jesus, the one who, with loud cries and reverent submission, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. They took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to become deeply distressed and troubled. My souls are overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here while I keep watch. Next slide. Going a little further, he fell in, in the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. I think this is the model of submission. Let's go back and look at it, a phrase at a time. Next slide. Where are they? Gethsemane. Where is he going? What's going to happen next in this very same garden? Judas is going to show up with a contingent of Jewish and Roman soldiers, and Jesus is going to be arrested. Does he know that's going to happen? Yes. Does he know he's going to be crucified? Yes, because he told the disciples all that. So he knows what's coming, and he knows it's just a very brief time away. What is he doing here? Sorry? Uh, yes, but I'm talking about verse 33, 34. What is he doing here? He is distressed. Uh, he's not asking for help yet. He is telling them, my soul is wrong with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. What is he doing in there? 
What is he giving to his father and his friends? What is he giving to his father and his friends? Next slide. He's giving his feelings. Now, question. Are those feelings that you want to feel? How many want to feel deeply distressed to the point of death so much that your sweat is coming out like blood of an open wound? Nobody wants these kinds of feelings. And he's sharing these feelings with his father and his friends. That's step one of submission. See, when I think of submission, I think do what you're told and smile. Shut up. Do what you're told and smile. That's not what he's doing. Now, this is how he submitted that Hebrews talking about. And the first thing he does is he shares his agony, his feelings, with his father and his friends. Next slide. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, I might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. What's he giving to his father and his friends here? Yeah, next slide. He is asking. Now, what cup is he talking about? What is the cup that he's asking to be taken away? That's the cup of suffering and death. That's the cup that he's going to drink that will be the sacrifice for the sins of the world that will crush the serpent and set us free from our sins. And what is he saying? Father, do what? Take this cup from me. If God answered that prayer with a yes, what would happen? If God answered that prayer with a yes, what would happen? We would not be here. Satan would be victor, and we would all be in hell. Good desire or bad desire? Well, real desire, but it's real. So give your feelings, give your desires, and then what comes next? One more slide. What comes next? Yet not what I will, but what you will, he says. And that's give your trust. See, what happens when people talk about submission and they go to the garden, they only go to the last phrase where he says, not my will, but yours be done. And they skip what goes before that. Because you see, submission in the family is not a shut up and do what you're told. It's a relational thing. And in submission, it means I trust the one I'm submitting to with my feelings. And that makes you very vulnerable because your feelings can absolutely be used against you. You give your desires what you really want. And you give your trust to the one who's in its authority. So Josh Matthews is my authority at Western Seminary. He's the vice president and dean of the faculty. He's a close friend. Uh, his father is one of our, has been one of our elders at Grace, and Josh and Stacy have been a part of our church. They're at Gresham Bible now and doing a great job over there, and he's a good friend. 
but he's my boss. Is Josh always right in his judgments about the direction for Western Seminary? Is Josh always right about his... No! When I disagree with him, it's not often, but sometimes I do, what do I do? When I disagree with Josh, who's my authority, be submissive to him, what do I do? Step one is what? Tell him what I feel about it. Tell him my... And do what? Grant him my trust. And see, in matters of judgment, that's what submission means. Next slide. This is the other side of this. We don't have any record of what Abba did in responding to Jesus. We do have a record of what Abba does in responding to the groanings of the people of Israel when they're in slavery in Egypt. Exodus chapter 2. Those eyes groaned out in their slavery. They cried out their cry to help because their slavery went up to God. And there are four verbs there in verses 24 and 25. What's the first verb? In ver What's the first? Next slide. He heard. See, this is talking about the one, the leader. God listened carefully. He heard with his heart. What's the next verb? Remembered, the covenant. You remember that he's called these people into covenant relation with him, and God remembers the agreement, remembers the covenant, and lets that guide his actions. What's the third verb? Looked. Mm -hmm. He really saw what's going on. If foes just going with what gossip has said or what his prejudice might be, he really looks at what's going on. And what's the fourth verb? Concerned or cares. See, and if you're in the leadership role, the same God who calls us all to have submissive attitudes is calling those who are in leadership role, and most of you are in leadership role in some spot or another, this should guide your leadership. You're not just giving commands. You're seeing, you're hearing, remembering the relationship, really seeing what's going on and caring about the people you're leading. See, God doesn't talk to the, just the submission people. His first command is really to the leader people. And this is how you should lead, is the way he leads, because it's our pattern just as Jesus is. And almost all of us are in leadership in some role, and this should characterize our leadership. And if we're in the down position, as I am to Josh Matthews at Western Seminary, the way Jesus was in the garden is a pattern for my followership. Next slide. We're back to this pattern. Are wives to submit to their husbands? Are wives supposed to submit to their husbands? <laughs> I have to say, Sherry is... A wonderfully submissive wife. In fact, because of the, her history and such, she's too submissive. Uh, part of her personality and part of it just stuff she went through in her childhood with an extremely angry father and some other things. And Sherry is a, well, I used to say I'm dominant, she's avoidant. Now I'd say I'm an eight, she's a nine. Everybody, oh yeah, everybody gets that. <laughs> and see, in this case, Sherry is too submissive. And see, my role with my pretty wife is to be the kind of husband 
that she can trust to give an opinion because that's extremely hard for her to do if it's different than mine. So in that case, I'm speaking for my pretty wife, you can check with her. The hardest thing for her is not my, not my will but yours be done. That's actually, that's, that's her natural thing. What's the hard thing for my pretty wife? What are the three things that Jesus did in the garden? First was what? Feelings, desires, trust. Trust is easy. What's hard for her? Feelings, really hard. Desires, super hard. So what I'm saying to Sherry here, what God is saying to Sherry here is all three of those. See, this is the complexity when you really talk about submission. But that's not the last verse of the passage. What's next? Well, what does it tell me to do? Love. Love by doing what? It says, give himself up. So what that means, that means give up my privileges and my desires for her sake as Christ did when he left the throne of heaven to come down and live in the hell of this earth. See, a submission on Sherry's side means she needs to step out and give desires. On my side, as a dominant, intense personality, it means to give up my priorities for her sake. And it goes on. It doesn't stop there. In the next verse, 28, verse 28 says, in the same way, so husbands love your wives, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself after no one else has uh, hated their own bodies, but nourishes and cherishes it. What does that say to me as a husband? It says, love my pretty wife in such a way that she feels nourished and cherished as a human, as a woman, and wife. See, submission never a one-way thing in the body of Christ. Now, this is husband-wife relationship. Same thing with pastor-congregant relationships. There's, there is a leadership, but the leadership is not giving commands. The leader is giving up priorities so that the group priorities are met. The leader is acting in such a way and, and working in such a way that the whole group is nourished and cherished before the throne of God. One more. One more. Psalm 37. Somebody was reading it in our prayer time before the service began this morning. Where is the submit word in Psalm 37? These two verses I've got up here. Where's the submit word? Where's the submit word? Next slide. It's right there. That's the same word, hupotasso, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the ancient Greek translation of the Old Testament. That's submit. 
we translate it be still. And what that means is there's a time to be still and listen, as well as to say our peace and wait patiently for him. Where's the submit word? Psalm 61. Where's the submit word? You can figure it out now. Where is it? Rest in, yeah. Next slide, yeah. My soul find rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Next slide. Yes, my soul find rest in God. That's the prayer to myself. Find rest in God. My hope comes from him. And that's, what, that's another dimension of submission is just being quiet before God and letting him speak to my heart, encouragement and, and direction. Next slide. Do we submit to everything in life? Do we submit to everything in life? No. Submit to the Lord, but what do you do with the devil and his evil stuff? Resist. See, the very submission call to us as Christians, submit to the Lord, is also called to resist the devil and his works. And the power of the Holy Spirit is knowing the difference between those two. Because submission is not universal. Submission is to God and the good. It is not to the devil and the bad. And then knowing the difference. And as Paul did with the magistrates, our goal is to help the evildoer learn and do better even. But there's a place to resist. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hearts, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Be double-minded, you double-minded. See, that's part of the submission. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. We're an arrogant race here in the United States. When I travel around the world, the picture of the typical American is everywhere. Arrogants are arrogant, loud-mouthed people. Who's the guy that's going in the mercy ship? You're not going to do that, right? You're not going to be the arrogant loud mouth, right? Okay, just checking, just checking. Because not every American is like that. But see, when I travel around the world to teach, and I've, well, I haven't done it since 2019, I always want to be in local authority, and I want to be as careful as possible to hear them and work under their authority. That's that submissive attitude. Next slide. This is 1 Peter 3. Baptism saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and to God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Who is submitting to Jesus? Who is he the authority over? Well, these are the demonic powers. These are the demonic powers. And it's our belief that Jesus has authority over the demonic powers, and therefore, in the name of Jesus, I will resist and reject the demonic voices. I sat yesterday morning. I was in Tulsa yesterday. I sat yesterday morning with a young woman who's out of an extremely bad background, and she's got voices going in her head that are telling her to do things that she should not do. I won't give you the details because that's confidential. I sat with her yesterday morning, and I called her to hear the voice of Holy Spirit and to decisively reject the voices that were telling her to do things that she at one level really wanted to do. 
That's part of submission. Submit to God and the good, not to Satan and the evil. That's the call we have. Because we believe that Jesus is the authority of all the demonic powers and all the demonic voices. So, summarizing here. This is what submission means. Yield yourself voluntarily to the leadership of another. Now, that's in judgment, not in integrity. I will not violate my integrity, at least not quickly. I will give up judgment issues. And there have been times at Western Seminary, at Grace Community Church, where I've deferred to the judgment of others that I thought they were really wrong. Now, what is my attitude when I found out, yep, they're wrong and I was right? Yeah, I told you so. That's called sin. <laughs> but see, there are times when you defer to the judgment of others, even when you think they're wrong, and even when time proves that they are wrong. And I'm going to help them do the best job they can possibly do. I'm going to give them my, what are the three things, I, three things I give them? I give them my, and my, and my, yes. Next slide. This submission in a body like Grace City, or in the community of Christ, results from personal relational respect that is expressed by deferring to another judgment, opinion, or decision. And in this case, what is your title around here, Simon? Pastor. And you carry a leadership role here. And this should be true for all of you who are part of this community. Is to, because there's a personal and relational respect for Simon, and I'll speak from his friend and mentor, Simon is well worth it. But there'll be times you need to call him to do his job better because he's not all wise. And he, being a good leader, will hear you. I believe that's all true. Thirdly, we submit right up to the point where obedience will require that we would disobey God. But see, even our submission, when we are resisting, we're helping him do a better job. So, one more time, what are the three steps of submission? Give your feelings, give your desires, give your trust. That's where we're at. I believe God's called us to be submissive, wisely so, because I believe that submissive attitude that means I'll support you in doing what you do, even if I think you're wrong. But I'll tell you, I think you're wrong. And that can be hard to do, because that might get you fired from your job. But I found that if you do it with a proper attitude and you have a relationship with your boss, it's the best way to do things. And in the community of Jesus Christ, what I call Grace City toward, and why I think Simon asked me to talk, <coughs> talk about this today, <coughs> is this, attitude, this submissive, respectful attitude is the heart of the community of Jesus Christ. But it's not just to shut up and do what you're told. It's a relational, let me help you do your job well but with a submissive, respectful attitude. I'm going to call the worship team up here, but I want to pray for you as we finish up. Father, Grace City is a church that is a beacon on a hill here in this neighborhood. And we hear the relationship with the local people here. I'm just grateful for what's happening in this place. So I pray for Grace City. Lord, I was around as that was being put together way back when. And I see what's happening here today, and I rejoice in the goodness that's happening in this building and in this neighborhood. So I pray that submissive, respectful, courageous, joyful, hopeful attitude 
will characterize Grace City this day and every day. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.